In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Got a Brits coming in. Screen pass right side. Here comes Chubb. 35, 30, 25, 20. He's going. He's going. He's gone. Nick Chubb is in. Touchdown. Good morning, Cleveland. It's exciting no, noise. It's exciting news. There's been a big signing. Jack, what is the news, mate? Paul D. Podesta has got a five-year contract with the Browns, bringing him into line with Andrew Berry, and Kevin Stefanski. So the important guy is signed up, the big three. And uh, that was the only news I saw this weekend. No, Jack. Ian, tell us the real news, what's happened this weekend. You know, the Cleveland Browns, they went to the kitchen, they fired up the chefs, and they said, we want to serve Mr. Jack Duffin a nice plate of crow. We're going to cook it up. And then it comes out, Browns, they extend Nicholas Jamal Chubb. Baker comes out. All these things happen. Then the numbers come out and I think everybody's happy, right? I mean, looking at it off the top, I kind of went, okay, that seems doable. Now that we've seen some of the numbers, Jack, Joe Banner said it's a team-friendly deal. The Browns did a great job selling it to the media as a very player-friendly deal. I mean, Ian Rappaport was out there and all the guys in NFL Network were talking about how well-paid Nick Chubb is. But is he? That's the question. Yeah, so... Lots of people talk about the Chubb deal as a three-year deal. The um, Kamara deal was a five-year deal. It's all farcical numbers, basically. Um, it, there's only two years in all these running back deals that get guaranteed. So Christian McCaffrey was the last big, big running back to get paid, and that was uh, last off-season, 16 months ago. That was $39.9 million over two years. And then we basically get everyone else's in the same bracket. So... The next highest, we've got Mixon, 27.5, Kamara, 27.2, Henry, 25.5, Cook, 25.1, Nick Chubb, 24.4, and Aaron Jones, 20 million. So that's all the running backs getting paid. So it's one of those that would I go out and pay that? No, because I I don't believe in investing big money in a running back. Is it a deal that's going to negatively hurt the franchise? Not really. Um, so it's one of them that, yeah, I'm not sitting there worrying. Hey, if we were talking about him getting CMC money, if we're talking about him Zeke money, getting girly money, then 100% I'm sat here going, it's a disaster. And I just don't think this front office would ever have paid that money. So a lot of um, thanks goes to like Derek Henry, which really moved the running back market. Um, and then all the deals have effectively fallen around his. But I did expect um, Chubb to beat those numbers. Um, I, I wrote early in the offseason about 26, but then I thought, hey, this might actually be 28 and beating Kamara and Mixon. But to fall down to 24, and yeah, it's only one, two million, so it doesn't really make much difference um, over two years. It, it, if you're going to pay Nick Chubb, it's a good deal. Whether you should pay a running back that much money, that's still a, a debate that we could have all day long. It- 
here's the thing though. When we look at those other guys, when we talk about CMC, we talk about Kamara, we are talking about a different style of running back. And, you know, we've had this age old discussion. People seem to think that Nick Chubb is kind of the catalyst to the Browns offense when it's actually quite the opposite. Chubb is most effective when he's not running up against, you know, an eight man box and stuff like that. So I almost feel that the Browns did a great job selling to Chubb and saying, Hey, listen, this is where you're going to be at. We're going to give you this three extension. You're going to hit free agency before you hit 30 again. So you'll get a chance to get paid again. But in the same sense, he's going to be in a very balanced, prolific offense that having Kareem Hunt makes Nick Chubb better. And I think that's one of the things where people sometimes don't understand when you have the offensive line, when you're able to put all these pieces together, I think Nick Chubb is going to have enough money for the rest of his life. I don't think, you know, whether there's another 2 million or 3 million here is going to be a game changer for him. But at the end of the day, I thought what Chubb's contract does is it gives Brown's full flexibility because we, a lot of people don't understand, like if Baker Mayfield were to sign an extension today, he's not seeing the big money in 2021 and he's not seeing the big money in 2022. He's likely going to see the big numbers, much like miles Garrett, two years after they sign the deal, which effectively Chubb's deal will be over by then. So the Browns, we talk about it often, that sequencing concept between Barry, between Stefanski in terms of the coaching and then uh, De Podesta structuring the contracts. It fits right in. It's not going to be a huge cap hit. And I don't think they're going to be eating the giant thing of crow like Gurley and Zeke and Devonta Freeman and all these guys that signed those deals who are kind of more similar in terms of running backs to Chubb than say a McCaffrey, a Kamara and those type of guys. Yeah. And it's one that if they did decide to walk away, it's not a crazy cap hit because Hey, th these guys get more injuries than any other position as a general rule of thumb, we start seeing decline at 28, whereas most other positions, 30, 31. So there is always that factor there. But um, yeah, it's, it's probably the end of Kareem Hunt with the Browns after this season. Yeah, he's got one more year, but that's probably going to move on. Um, they're probably going to expect Nick Chubb to carry the ball more. Um, I certainly expect that to be a, a knock-on impact. Um, but the Browns had lots of leverage. For all the people that say, oh, Nick Chubb is historic and everything, they basically had him over the table because Aaron Jones had shown, hey, you can go and test free agency, but it's not great for you um, because, hey, teams just don't want to pay a running back in free agency. And he went back capping hand to the team. I mean, Melvin had, Gordon. Melvin Gordon was in the yeah, same boat. These guys example. thought there was a payday out there. And what's Hunt on the hook for next year? Like six million? Six. Six million. And Case so. Keenum's coming off the books, right? Yeah. So yeah. if but you've got it, two it, running backs and Chubb's on the book for what, eight million next year? It, it, it doesn't. Uh, you're part of 24.4 million over two. It doesn't really matter, oh, this single year. And you can't look at the cap hits in single years. I was just thinking if you're able to get really Chubb and Hunt for what teams are getting like Kamara and McAfee for, you're just getting but a, it, a better duo of set, so to say. Effectively, you're accounting for 12 million for Chubb next year. Yes, the salary cap is moving into future years, but hey, you're going to be potentially paying for him when he's gone because the structure of the contract is probably going to have a couple of void years in that will come out in the next couple of weeks. But So they had him over the table with the Jones and the Gordon stuff. They had him over the table because of the Kareem Hunt as well. Because if, if he didn't sign a deal, they could go, all right, we've got a top 10, top 11, top 12 
depending where you stack Kareem Hunt, running back, backing you up on six million a year. So they had so much leverage over Nick Chubb that there wasn't really anywhere he could turn as a player. Um, and yeah, he, he signed a deal that is, if you want to pay running backs team friendly and the running back market is falling through the floor. Lots of people are like, oh, this is proof that the running backs don't matter. Community don't know what they're talking about. Well, if he, if he was as good as people say, hey, how do you go from the Zeke money, the CMC money to Kamara got 12.5 million less than CMC over two years um, and Chubb's getting God knows what less than Zeke over those two years. These guys' money is falling through the floor. And if, you, if, yeah, if you're a young dude in high school, you're a young dude in college, ask for a position change from running back to corner. If you can do that, then you're better playing there. Well, the other thing is, is it would do is if you had a first round running back after that third year, then they could get the extension in because realistically Chubb's going to do six years in Cleveland. I mean, if that yeah. third year, I mean, we're talking five, six years. Team option. Yeah. That's the, that's the shelf life of the running back. So you took a second round pick. You're able to do fantastic things with him five, six years. And then maybe he does have a little bit of life left. Right. And then all of a sudden he moves into that cream hunt role and you can pick up another second round or a third rounder. I know that would make you the hair on the back of your neck stand up, but it gives them the ability to constantly stay in control, get fresh legs in there. Because if you want to have a dominant line and you got to, you want to take advantage of the bill, you know, the, the man, the myth, the legend, Bill Callahan, you know, Nick Chubb is a rare breed in the sense of how his ability is to create uh, yards after contact, make open uh, defenders miss in open space. Like these are the benefits that Chubb had, but in the same sense, Kareem Hunt has the ability to put his helmet through your chest and drive you three yards. So four, five, six years, I think the fans are really happy because I'll just tell you, I was at the Indians White Sox game and we're walking up to the stadium when that contract got announced. And I turned to a buddy of mine and I said, Hey, the Browns just extended Chubb without hearing the number. You could just see how joyous he was. And there was like another guy who was an Indians fan who had said, Hey man, did you just hear the Browns extended Chubb. So before numbers even came out, Browns fans were just really happy to see him get that contract. And I think the number is kind of insignificant because at the end of the day, I think Chubb, gets a good number for him. And I think it's maybe a good, if not a little bit better number for the team. So Paul, does that make you happy? I mean, you've yeah, look, um, I actually sit on the uh, Jack side here and don't think we should be paying running backs a lot of money, but he's been a great servant. He is Cleveland and we've gone with it. So, you know, no bad words about it whatsoever. Uh, Met Chubb's dad, Met yeah. Chubb, great guy, but yeah, let's uh, let's move on. And uh, but yeah, I am a little bit worried about the cap. I wouldn't, I my strategic brain would say don't waste too much on the running backs. Look, we've still got Ward, Mayfield, you know, two big contracts to potentially get over the line. And yeah, Hunt, I can't see him being here after next season. Yeah, now I will say, and Jack, this is something that'll go against the the natural flow of how your brain works. But did you notice how excited the Browns players were once Chubb got that extension, Garrett Baker, all these guys, I mean, they're just commenting. You could see how much they rallied behind him, how much they backed him. You know, you can definitely tell he's a fan. Uh, he's a player favorite in that locker room. And I think just given that contract, that brings Andrew Barry a lot of, you know, 
goodwill amongst the players in terms of when they're able to take care of their own like that. And this is a guy that come in and is all business and, you know, no issues whatsoever. I just think it, it bodes well for the organization overall, whether it's free agency, whether it's guys coming in, when you see that type of mojo, I know it's an intangible, so you really can't deposit or take it to the bank, but it was kind of fitting to see how excited the players on the team were once that got announced. And it's one of these, it's, it's a sliding door. And it's, 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 as I keep coming back to it, it's opportunity cost. Hey, do we sign this deal if we don't cut Sheldon Richardson? That, 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 that I think is a fair question because that move freed up half the money to pay Chubb. So it's, it's these little moves that if that doesn't happen, do we see a Nick Chubb deal? Well, hey, they're never going to answer that question. But all of those sort of things, and when people are like, oh, why do you get rid of Sheldon Richardson? You've got all this money. Well, you don't really have this money because, hey, it all runs out and you pay the bill someday on these deals, however much money you kick into the future. But you have to make decisions. And just because you, if you add a guy, there might be another guy say, hey, Wyatt Teller, you can't extend. But the fact that you got rid of Richardson might have allowed you to extend Nick Chubb. And I, I did tweet out the day Richardson got signed. Hey, there's one player on the roster that is the best news for and it wasn't about a defensive tackle moving up a depth chart. It was about Nick Chubb getting paid because this really opened up the money short term for them to give that to him. So it's all opportunity cost. And hey, it's, it's what you do with it. Would I rather have a few guys like your Troy Hill, your Justin Houston, uh, these sort of guys where you give three or four million to a few guys and really pad out the middle of that roster? Would I put it into a running back? Hey, I'm, I'm going to take the multiple guys and um, go that route because, hey, you're always going to run out of money one day. Um, so it's one that, hey, I'm happy for Nick Chubb. And lots of people um, turn into, oh, why do you hate this player? And it's like, it's, it's not about hating or loving players. Hey, the players I love, who, if, if I had to point a line, who, who's one of my favorite Browns players? It's Nick Chubb. He's everything you want a professional to be. Hey, well, who's my least favorite? It's probably Kareem Hunt because of the off-field stuff. And that doesn't impact my, do I want to pay this guy or not? Well, your favourite player shouldn't necessarily be the guy you want to pay the most because they're two different questions. It's not about the emotional thing of, hey, when a Christian McCaffrey does something amazing with the ball, that's pretty special to watch. I enjoy that. Hey, it's great for my fantasy team. But at the same time, hey, am I, am I going, yeah, you need to pay that guy 40 million over two years? No. So it's one that people get the two, I think, conflated. Um, would I rather the Browns be an exciting team to watch every week or would I rather do the analytically smart thing? And if that leads us to a bigger chance of winning the Super Bowl, hey, I'd rather remember Super Bowls and a bit more excitement on a Sunday. So it's one of them weird questions that, hey, I'm more worried about rings than the emotion of the game and everything like that. But I, I do understand the other side. Yeah, Guys, uh, I would like to stress there has been some other news with the Cleveland Browns. We have signed a free agent or undrafted free agent. Do you know about this person? It's a wide receiver. Dion. Oh. It's not Dion Did- Dawkins, but it's something like that. Davon Davis, a wide receiver. Um, With Derek Willies on the reserve retired list, we have picked up Davion Davis. 
And when I was watching some of the uh, training camps, I wondered who this guy was. And now it makes sense. He was, he was signed with the Vikings in 2019. Well, that tells you right there that at least Stefanski has, you know, people over there that now it's odd as the Vikings just lost one of their receivers. Uh, was it old? Oh, how do you say that guy's name? Old VC Johnson or Ola BC or whatever his name was. Um, so that, like I said, we're going to have guys, those wide receivers, I think the top of our roster, I mean, listen, obviously we're not out of training camp, but you can see that Donovan people's Jones is turning a little people's heads. Um, you know, Anthony Schwartz is able to get deep. So if you want to get in there and these guys can find ways to contribute on special teams and kind of push that wide receiver five, six, I'm all for it. Um, I don't know, Jack, if you followed much, cause I know you're not a huge Browns media digital content guy, but uh, there's been a couple clips of uh, Greg Newsom out there uh, making some plays. So he's got a nice little quick feet, nice break on the ball. And uh, it'd be curious to see what the rook can produce. Cause you know, people are excited on him, but the biggest thing I think overall is all the people talking about how well run the training camp just is in, you know, in whole. So that's kind of interesting in that sense where, you know, I think we've turned the corner guys. I don't, I don't want to say it just yet, but it, we're real close to becoming a professional football organization and yeah. leading off with that depot news, which keeps Jack Duffin in the fan base for another five years. Uh, I think, I think that's another step forward towards it. I, 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 I saw the Greg Newsom clip and it's great, a great bit of work from him. But at the same time, I'm like, what the hell is Baker Mayfield doing there? Uh, because there was like a hopper, skip and a jump with the throw. Um, and yeah, it was like, no, I'd rather we don't throw that. And th- that's that's the intriguing thing about the Browns. It's like, hey, paying Chubb, not not paying Chubb, doesn't move the needle either way. It's it's not it's not a, a game changer if you don't pay him, and it's not a disaster if you do pay him. And um, what does impact the Browns over the next three four years is, hey, how does Baker Mayfield play? They've basically said there's no way he's getting an extension this year. So they're obviously not in love with him. Um, they want to see more that they're not feeling like this is the guy we need to open the checkbook, which is interesting to know because lots of people are telling me, hey, they know he's the guy. Well, if they know he's the guy, he'd been paid by now. Um, all the noise from the media, the team is, hey, not this year. So that, that tells us they're not 100% boring, despite what everyone tells you on Brown t- Twitter. And... That is the big question. Hey, your franchise floats and sinks on who's at quarterback. Yeah, you could get super lucky. The Nick Foles stuff of, oh, yeah, it might happen. But Carson Wentz is playing at a phenomenal level before he went down. So do they get to the Super Bowl if Nick Foles plays the whole season? No, not at all. Um, and the future of the team that, hey, it's great having Depot, Barry, and Stefanski all on similar contracts. But if that doesn't go well, they could all get sacked within two, three years if Baker regresses and isn't as good. So it's, it's the entire future of the franchise is on Baker's shoulders. They could decide, hey, he, he has a big regression this year because we, we saw seven, eight games that were phenomenal. Really happy. If he plays like that for the entirety of next season, hey, we could be sat here in a year's time talking about just coming off a Super Bowl win. It's legit. This roster is good enough. And if he plays like a top five quarterback, we're there, but at the same time, if he plays like a middle of the road or so eleven to sixteen quarterback, that that's not good enough. If yeah. you've got aspirations of winning rings, that that that's not good enough. And that 
is the that is the franchise altering decision that they need to make and no one knows the answer yet yeah i think well i think the answer is going to come down to kevin stefanski and that coaching staff because i know that we're all enamored with baker in a lot of different aspects but you know i i actually have a lot of trust at stefanski alex van pelt these guys chad o'shea on the wide receivers these are guys that know how to put together the offense they want to run and they're going to look at baker and say hey you need to follow our lead like you know your Baker is not Aaron Rodgers. Like I hate to break the news to people. I know there's all these trade things out there to an extent. He's not Tom Brady in the sense of what he's able to do, but he's a guy that is perfectly fit for what they want to do, but it's on him to execute that. And that's why when we talk about Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb, isn't the one that's going to bring Baker Mayfield, you know, an infinite amount of success. Baker Mayfield's going to have to set that passing game up. So Nick Chubb then can help Baker on the back end close out games. You know, our defense struggled a lot in the second half of games last year, but once you get the offense balanced where, you know, we're going out and we're setting the tone with the passing game. And I know there's people that will dispute this, but literally there is not a metric to support you on that. I don't care who you ask around the league. The passing game is setting up the offenses. I'm sorry to break this into news to you. Listen, I'm a Jim Trestle guy, three yards in a cloud of dust. I get it. But the passing game dictates the pace of the offense. Then you bring in the one-two punch of Hunt, Chubb, and these guys, and that's how you close out games. So Baker's the one that has to set the bar because, let's be honest, the offensive water level is only going to rise as high as he takes them. Guys, we'll keep an eye on the clock. I know we're doing 15-minute shows. Some other breaking news that I dug deep to find out. Anthony Walker to call the plays on defence for the Browns. Safety, John Johnson III spilled the beans. Yeah, I think that just kind of shows the value that they put in Anthony Walker. I mean, bringing him in as a free agent and giving him the headset. You know, John Johnson's obviously somebody that did it with L.A. last year and has the capability of doing it. But I think if I were to take a bet right now, Jack, I think you'd probably agree that Walker and Johnson are probably number one and number two in terms of snaps played by the Browns defenders. So I wouldn't be surprised if John Johnson has a backup helmet with that in there, because if he if Walker comes out for any period of time during the game, I have a funny feeling it's going to flip to John Johnson really quick. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's a sensible take. I, I think they rotated quite a bit last year at linebacker, so it might be interesting to see. Well, ultimately, it's because we didn't have one linebacker. <laughs> we didn't have one linebacker. That was, it's like, all right, third down, get Malcolm Smith in there. Oh, it's a rundown, get Tucky Tucky in there. So, yeah, I think you're going to have the walker plus the combo back in terms of you know what, what the situation dictates. But also, you're going to have rotations in corners. You're going to have rotations on the D-line. So, I would say, yeah, you're probably looking at you know, Delpit's going to work his way in there, but John Johnson, I would say, is probably going to be number one, number two up there with Walker. Um, other NFL news, Wentz injures. What's everyone's views on that? Have they officially Not. said what it is? Foot injury. That's Yeah, but they haven't – I know they said they were doing an MRI, and right now there's no surgery plan, but, I mean, it's Carson Wentz, so – you get you, you kind of knew what you were getting there. Danger of paying quarterbacks early. What, what uh, uh, it? Um, um, do you think there's any risk that we could lose Case Keenum in the trade? I'd lose. Lose isn't the thing. Is. <laughs> hey, I'd love to trade Case Jack's Keenum. Jack's face back. lit up like Christmas. He's like, wait, somebody wants him. Hey, if, if uh, whatever I could get for Case Keenum, 
I would take that <laughs> and send it straight to the Jaguars and I'd get our boy Gardner Minshew. <laughs> What was what would be a worse investment, Jack? Uh, trading for Case Keenum or dropping one point eight million dollars on thirteen carat diamond teeth like Odell Beckham did? <laughs> did you see uh, that, Paul? It's paying Case Keenum. Yeah, crazy. One point eight million dollars <laughs> on teeth. Oh man, I thought I was high class when I upgraded to an electronic toothbrush. <laughs> so well, I've got. I've got one other bit of um, Brown's kind of linked news before we finish up. Bob Quinn. Oh, there's two bits now. Detroit's Lions hold watch party support Olympic hurdler Melissa Gundagez, wife Gonzalez. of, thanks for that uh, <laughs> correction, of David Blau, ex Brown's quarterback. Correct. Awesome. Yeah, she's running the, uh, the hurdles in the Olympics. Awesome. So we're pulling for her. Awesome. Uh, and she then looks last, insanely Jack, talented. Last but not least, how do you feel about the Browns hiring another GM to the team? I, I, I really like any of this where you can get different ideas in. And um, I forget the guy they brought in initially. Was it Grigson? Yeah, they brought in um, Ryan Grigson because he was with um, Barry in, Indiana, in Indianapolis. And yeah. Barry has talked a lot about how Grigson taught him a lot of things. You know, some of the picks didn't work out for Grigson, but he's very well respected in the league. And Bob Quinn's been around a while as well. And so just to be clear, they brought him on as a senior consultant to the football operations department, which is a little bit interesting. Yeah, and, and these guys can have so much information in their head. And even if it's like just an opportunity to sit there for some of these analytics guys and sit there and chat about the process that these more football guys go through, that is going to be fascinating because it's great doing what you do, but unless you're understanding what you don't know, what is the process this guy, a team goes through to make this decision? That's incredibly useful. Um, so I think there's, there's the win on they will bring in a lot of information. And hey, just because someone's, their picks don't work out, a lot of their picks are luck. We've discussed this loads of time on the podcast, but the process is the key thing. And understanding what other people do as a process to constantly look at, hey, can we improve things? Can we change stuff? Um, I, I love it anytime we bring in these guys in. And even if it's just a sounding board to be like, well, here's why we do this. And they'd be like, oh, well, this well, is incredible. I've never seen anything like it, but you should try adding this to it. Jack, I think the important thing is a lot of people when they hear Bob Quinn, they think, oh, he was brought in for the Lions GM. But a lot of people forget prior to going to Detroit, Bob Quinn was with the Patriots for 16 years. He started right before uh, Brady got in 2000 and was in so many different positions in scouting, regional scout, assistant director of pro personnel, director of scouting. I mean, this is a guy who has four Super Bowl championships, you know, from a front office standpoint. That is an invaluable resource. And to your point, having that marketplace of ideas and that sounding board for Andrew Berry and bringing a guy who's 16 years in the, you know, in the Patriots and has run a team, that's pretty damn impressive. Yeah, you don't want a team run by fully nerds. You don't want a team run by fully analytics people. You don't want a team fully run by football guys. You've got to mesh that stuff together. And it's when, I, th I think it was probably grossly asked the question, well, what percentage is analytics and what percentage is scouting? Um, and Depot said, <laughs> I, I, I think we're going to move the scales from, I think it was like 45% data to 55% um, scouting to basically the other way around and we're only going to like shift it 10, 15%. And, and that's, um, 
that that's all it is. It's like the Browns aren't just like pressing play on a computer and seeing what name it spits out. Um, it's not Moneyball. It's, it's, a, it's a bit more complicated than baseball. But it, it's, a, it's great to see these guys coming in. And it's not just that, hey, the Browns have the biggest analytics staff in the NFL. We're nicking analytics people from other teams. Um, Queasy got interviewed for the Panthers job. If, hey, if, if he gets the, uh, another job next year as a GM, we get two third-round picks. Um, we're going to use these people. And, hey, if you're a smart analytics person, which team you want to go sign for? Hey, you want to sign for the team that there's smart analytics people right at the top of the organization. So I think we'll continue to grow the analytics team. And that's just a great place to be. Well, I think that's right, a guys, good is wrap. That, is that 15 minutes? Eh, a little over. We round it up. The Chubb Come extension on, and the Depot extension gives us a, a, a few extra minutes. As we agreed for our listeners, 15 minute podcasts going uh, back. But yeah, We'll be back later this week with more updates and any other news. We'll be straight on the podcast. Absolutely. But now that we're kicking off, so I'll start it. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns.